I'm not the house of cards that falls down easily Ooh, I'm strong enough to handle what you throw at me Welcome to Mental Health News Radio. I'm your host, Kristen Sunanta-Walker. Just what are we going to discuss? The intimacy that is mental health. Let's continue to make it as comfortable as discussing brain health or heart health. This show has been on the air for several years and we have amazing co-hosts. And then we created a network of podcasters on mentalhealthnewsradionetwork.com, a place where every possible facet of mental well-being can be talked about openly. My show, after several hundred interviews, the format is this. Intimate, deep, funny, touching, sometimes uncomfortable, but always vulnerable conversations with interesting people. The goal is to have you, our listening family, many of you who have become my good friends, feel as though you are listening in on private conversations. Thank you for tuning in and becoming part of this amazing journey with me and now with our network of podcasters. Just knowing this podcast might be helping any of you realize you are not alone on this journey called being a human being makes doing this podcast worth every second. Hey everyone, this is Kristen Sinanta Walker and we are on with Catherine Greer Limpo, who is our co-host for this series that we're doing on my show called Women Who Lead, a very important series. And we're going to talk about some very uh, interesting and um, to the heart subjects today. So Kat, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me again, Kristen. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So I sent you an email earlier (laughs) this week, and this is an interesting week. And just I'm just framing our talk. This isn't we're not going to get, you know, political or anything during this talk. I'm just framing what's happening. So this week is the week of is he or isn't he going to be confirmed? Um, Brett Kavanaugh with um, Dr. Ford's testimony against him and many other women. And we've now realized that, yes, of course, we knew it was going to happen all along. He was confirmed. So this is what's happening in our world this week. And we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, what that what that means, regardless of what political side you're on in terms of being a female. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, um, yeah. And, you know, I was looking actually at the date of the email, Kristen, and it was on um, Wednesday. And Mm -hmm. it seems like it was just a world away now. Um, It's amazing. Yeah, it's just amazing how much um, content this week held, you know, not only in terms of what was going on in our world in the U.S., but also, um, you know, in the lives of women around our nation and frankly, around the world, you know, watching the decision that was going to be made. And the stories that, you know, not only was told by Professor Ford, but um, the stories that it reminded so many others of and the experiences that folks have lived through. And so, you know, again, hearkening back to the fact that, um, you know, this email you sent was Wednesday, the, the amount of life, you know, not only today, uh, but also memories and recollections that I think the entire nation has gone through in the last week has really been staggering. It is. And I, I want to remind everyone of something that I have to remind myself of often. 
and it is it has to do with people who have been abusive to me i have to remind myself often that yes i've been uh prey to predatorial people men and women as we all have i mean that's part of unfortunately the life experience however when we talk about someone who is sexually abusive to someone I've never laid my hands on someone as an adult, you know, even as a child. I'm just making that distinction because that's what the law makes as a distinction. When you're 18, there's a distinction. Um, I've never laid my hands on someone in a predatorial way. So while we are fighting to be heard about the things that have happened to us long ago, today, a month ago, whenever, I I stop and I think, okay, yes, this person, male or female, did this thing, this action to me. And what does it take to be someone that takes that kind of action? And have I ever done that? Have I ever cornered someone or held my mouth, my hand over someone's mouth or um, physically assaulted someone? And the answer is no, I haven't. And mm -hmm. I think people you know, forget that to look at it from that perspective. Have you ever actually been someone who is capable of doing mm -hmm. that kind of an act against another person? And I'm not. Mm -hmm. No. And it, you know, it, it does make you wonder what that psychological or physiological makeup is that, that allows that, you know, that allows the, the thinking and concessionary decision-making to go that far mm. and to be able to blur the lines of right and wrong relative to how we relate to other people to that extent. And, um, you know, I, I, I can't pretend to know where it comes from, whether it's an upbringing or just, you know, whether we're, you know, physiologically predisposed to, making decisions one way or another. I know that we are, but I don't know where that, you know, kind of predatory part of us comes from. Right. And I don't have it either, you know, so it's something that I can't relate to. Um, what I can relate to is being on the other side of it, whether it was extended in, you know, a, what the other person perceived of as a joking way or, you know, an insincere way, so it didn't count. Or, you know, I was just trying to see if, you know, maybe you were interested too, and, you know, perhaps it was presented in a way that was overly aggressive. And, you know, none of that, in my view, creates the the justification for it. Right. The fact is, you know, it happened, and there were two people involved in that situation. And regardless of you know, how we carry it forward into the future and refer to it um, as a past event, the fact is it happened, you know? And, you know, what what we do with it at that point, you know, whether you're predisposed to that sort of, you know, way of conducting yourself or not, you know, you have a choice now of how you're going to present uh, how you behaved in the past. And, and what that looks like, I think, is, is critically important. 
Absolutely. And I, I come from this background too of interviewing so many people who have done really quote unquote bad things in the past and have spent years, you know, rewriting those wrongs, not erasing what they did to people, but trying to help others in situations that their victims were in by disclosing, hey, I was a predator. And I've interviewed those people and I can see their humanity and their vulnerability. And I can see, you know, where their experience in life took them to that place of becoming someone who crossed into the land of being a predator and feel much empathy for them. And I think, you know, it doesn't give someone a free pass, but there's a there's an interesting way that it talks to leadership and it and then there's a very interesting way in where it talks to being a leadership of women because we're still not invited to the table on an even keel are we <laughs> well no and you know i i again want to just you know qualify this by saying this is a a gender non-specific discussion in the, right. you know, I, I think that you and I both acknowledge that this type of predatory behavior goes on on, you know, regardless of how you identify yourself uh, from a gender standpoint. Right. Um, but again, you know, to, to your point just now, I think there's a great deal of grace that's wrapped up in the acknowledgement of a, of a past, you know, a, a past behavior that you're not proud of. And, right. you know, I'm not saying that because I haven't engaged in this type of behavior before that I'm that I'm perfect in any way. Right. I'm sure that, you know, there are an, a number of people in my past that could point to my behavior at certain times that has been less than flattering, you know, not in a in an assault way. I don't I, I'm certain that I, I couldn't ever be you know, accused of physically assaulting someone. But right. at the same time, I, I know that I've hurt people, you know, and I know that I've disappointed folks in the past, but it's what I choose to do with it now. You know, right. if someone brings something up to me now, I, I would hope and hope's not a plan, <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but I would, I would hope in that instance, you know, I'm a big enough person now to say, wow, I acknowledge that I wronged you in this or that way. And, um, you know, I want to exercise grace, not only toward you, but toward myself and the acknowledgement of that behavior and, um, you know, find it in myself to, to apologize, if not atone, you know, if there's the ability to, to make things um, good and to make things in such a point where they come to amends, great, you know, even better. Right. I know that in some cases, though, I'm not in a place where I can do that. And so, you know, just having grace around that relationship, I think, is key. But it's when we go forward and deny that it happened to begin with and and live that lie or that indignance that I think we do the most harm. And there's no leadership in that, in my view. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, what you and I had talked about, you know, wanting to cover this week is this interesting process of moving forward as women who find themselves in leadership positions, whether by design or not, how do we lead in our positions, regardless of gender, people that we absolutely don't agree with the way, the mindset that they're in right now. And that for sure. me, this is just me speaking. Um, there are many people that I do business with 
that I respect personally, the work that they do in the world, and they absolutely have a different take on this past week's events than I do. And I, and I, it would be so easy to go to blasting them, pointing out what I feel is the obvious. And I, I went through all these scenarios. This entire week has been this figure eight of scenarios. But if mm-hmm. I do that, they're going to come back with this. And if I do that, they're going to come back with this. And wh- where does that lead anything? It doesn't go anywhere. It just is this endless loop of, of opinions. And mm-hmm. still we're at this place of, well, I'm in a leadership position. So where do I, where do I go with that? How do I lead with that? And that's kind of where I'm at right now is how do I lead with that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Well, it's, it, it's a tough one. And, you know, I think that we've covered, uh, you know, even in the, in the three times that we've gotten together and chatted, we, we've covered so many aspects of leadership and, you know, more, more specifically women in leadership. And, you know, I think that there's an underlying theme of honesty that creates a foundation for leadership as a whole. So I, I, you know, I don't think that you can be a leader that goes forward and can be effective without a, a premise of truth telling and honesty. Right. And I think, and I think that, you know, we're seeing a lot of that dichotomy and scenario playing out right now. A, a difference between those that, you know, want to look at what may have been hidden in the past and talk about it truthfully versus those that, you know, we would, the truth tellers, would perceive as, as not wanting to do that, as wanting to continue to suppress and to hide right. and to you know, kind of pretend like things aren't happening. Yeah. I can't, I can't imagine what it would be like. Actually, that's not true. That's not a true statement. I can't imagine what it's like. I just happened to, you know, the significant, the most significant partnership I've had in my entire life to this date has been with my ex-husband and he was pro feminist and pro (laughs) me keeping my last name and was at every rally I ever spoke at looking at me with love in his eyes as I spoke about child abuse. I mean, I, you know, I was very, very lucky in that respect. And he never um, was someone who sexually harassed or he just would, it wouldn't have occurred to him, even though he's not by any means perfect (laughs) by any stretch of the imagination, um, but Who that is? just isn't part of his makeup. My my ex has yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but I I just I I can't imagine you know if let's say he did do something that was inappropriate and someone brought it out and my my love for him or even my son you know my love for him wanting to protect him and say but no he really is a good person even though this happened I don't know. You know, I don't know what lengths I would go to, to, um, wow, to preserve or protect or whatever I could do for that. I really just don't know. I haven't been put in that situation. So I feel a lot of empathy for the Julie Chen's and the 
Hillary Clinton's, and let's talk about, you know, both sides of every aisle, the uh, just anyone that you can, Camille Cosby's of the world. Yeah, what yeah absolutely. Can, you know, what on earth that must be like to be in that position and have a family. And it takes a lot to have empathy for that because I also have interviewed the victims of these people. One of the, you know, one of the Cosby survivors we had on my show and also have, of course, tremendous respect and empathy for what she went through. I just can't, I haven't been in that, in that position to understand what that must be like to have family and ties and all financial and children and all those things that come with um, what that must be like to be tethered to someone who's accused and then proven guilty of, of crimes like that. It's very, very difficult, but we have to come to this place as human beings to walk hand in hand and be understanding of every single viewpoint. And that is, I think it's a very mature um, place to stand in because it's so much easier to be in the judgmental, take pot shots, take the shot, take sides position, you know? Okay. Yes. I, I totally understand what you're saying and I do have a great deal of respect so let's think of a Julie Chen or a Hillary Clinton for those who know of a wrongdoing and yet choose to stay and have a great mm -hmm. deal of fortitude and pride around the protection of the family and just the integrity of the family unit um, what it reminds me of though and you know, this is just me with my own personal overlay. It reminds me of maintaining the facade of a narcissistic relationship mm -hmm. and pretending that everything's okay, but knowing darn well in the background, there are things going on that aren't okay and that are really detrimental, not only to the relationship, but to me in terms of feeling whole and secure in that relationship. And so Great point. I, I, I do respect, you know, the, um, the loyalty and the, you know, desire to, you know, kind of draw a circle around the family and establish it as a fortress. But then I have to wonder myself, Kristen, you know, to what cost or <laughs> at what cost? Yeah. And, and to what level of sacrifice for those women. And it's at that point, I think, okay, does my heart go out to them? And do I, do I feel grace and, um, you know, kind of sympathy toward them that they've been put in a situation where they, they have to, you know, be sort of this fortress? Or do I feel angry and resentful toward them for perpetuating the lie that hurt me? You mm. know what I mean? Yes. Oh boy. Yes. Do I know what you mean? Absolutely. And to be on the receiving end of the ones who um, keep holding up the lie that you're talking about, I've been in that position too, and it is not fun. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like having your former girlfriends turn on you when you expose what their boss, their husband, their mate, whatever it is are doing to you and they don't want to acknowledge it. 
be on the receiving mm -hmm. end of that even once. And that is a life changer. Right. Right. Yeah. And so being, um, you know, a, a leader, someone who, um, at least within the context of a certain leadership style, chooses to tell the truth and, you know, raise issues before they become a problem. Right. Um, you know, I, I identify, you know, things that could potentially balloon into a big issue and choose not to surprise your boss with it when it finally does, you know, <laughs> those that are able to give good performance feedback on their employees in such a way that, you know, the, the focus is on the opportunities for improvement as opposed to the list of things that we're doing wrong. How do we maintain our integrity as that type of a leader, you know, potentially in an environment where these kinds of people exist? those that want to perpetuate the lie and those that want to, you know, continue per to protect those that maybe aren't exhibiting the, the same degree of integrity that we would like to see. Mm. How have you done that in the situations that, you know, that you've been in, like, where do you, where have you rested on? And, and this is not a judgment call on when and where you figure it out because my God, it's a minefield, even trying to figure out, but how have you at different times sort of figured out, well, this is when I should mention something or you hear something and this is when I need to rest on it and wait a little bit longer. How, what is that like? What has that been like for you? Um, you know, I have a, a, a couple of different stories specifically about that, both in the professional and personal space. And in the personal space, it's meant, it's been more about hiding and waiting and trying to understand if my intuition is correct. Mm. Whereas in the business space, um, it almost takes the opposite of that where, you know, one of the first things I tell people who join my team is uh, one of my biggest pet peeves is I hate surprises. And, mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean that in my personal life, I don't, love surprises because I do. I love surprises. You know, surprises are some of the greatest things in life. And it's one of the things that I think constantly reminds us uh, the value of the moment and being in the moment. You know, those little surprises that, that come up, whether, uh, you know, it's the cat that jumps up in your lap or, <laughs> you know, the surprise birthday party. You know, it's those beautiful gifts in the moment that really keep us there. But in a business environment, those things can be incredibly harmful. Right. You know, um, it's the things that uh, we weren't paying enough attention to, or it's the the thing that if we measure it appropriately, it is red, but we're trying to give it a different color so that we don't create alarm. So, <laughs> you know, I've been in situations in the past before where, you know, I've been unpopular because I've brought up things that look like an issue today because five weeks from now they will be an issue. Right. But bringing it up today means we have to put a plan around it and we have to exert effort and make sure that we're in the process of mitigating that risk. So, you know, I, I think it just depends on the, it depends on the application, you know? Hmm. I think a lot of it depends too on being able to trust that the people that you are leading with have your back. 
Mm-hmm. That there's, yep. there, there's a whole different feeling. And listeners are just really, uh, I don't know who, I hope there's, you know, we're attracting a crowd that understands what we're talking about here. But there's this whole other thing when you are the lone fighter and mm-hmm. you are walking into a war room and you know I mean, you know that you are going to get some arrows slung everywhere that you possibly don't have a shield up. It's going to come at you. There's a difference between that and we do it. You've done it, Kat. I've done it. I mean, it's that that actually is probably more of what I've experienced. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, these people have my back. I'm not walking into a room where everyone was like, go, go, go. And I turn around and go. Where did everybody go? Um, that's, right. that's my experience. Like, where the hell was every, where are you? I mean, you just galvanized me to say something and now you're like running into the field. What happened? That's my experience more than the, these people have my, my back. And yeah. um, I want to see a world where we just turn around and go, we don't even have to turn around. They're standing shoulder to shoulder with you. Like, these people like you just trust they're not going to turn they have your back they're with they're there with you i want to see that more than the it's an echo 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 right right (laughs) i know i know no one likes commercials but seriously folks without the help from these organizations we could not stay on the air please give a shout out to zencharts.com. If you're a mental health or addiction treatment center, you'll want to use their EHR. It's gorgeous. And they're just good people. And also mygenetics, M-Y-G-E-N-E-T-X.com, because knowing your genetic code empowers your mental health treatment. And lastly, copenotes.com. We love getting positive messages right to our phones every day from Johnny Crowder. He's the lead singer of Prison, a heavy metal band sharing their music about suicide prevention, addiction recovery, and mental health. See, that was painless. Support them as they support us. Back to the show. Well, and and think about, um, you know, even... You know, the way, uh, again, coming back to the way women show up in the workplace or, you know, in any context of women and community, right? I, I think that the the lack of truth-telling perpetuates women's competition against one another. Yes. And I, I think that when we have situations, again, where, you know, there tends to be a bit of power imbalance, real or perceived, it doesn't matter, right? right? It still puts us in a position and us collectively as women to where we can't show up with the quality that we could if we did not um, if we did not have that situation that we were trying to impact or be effective in. And because of that, uh, we forget that we can support one another. You know, right. we, we forget that when our leader is going forward and, and pitching something difficult, um, you know, we don't have to worry about being judged laterally by those uh, that the idea is being pitched to. We can right. stand there and link arms and support one another and actually be much more powerful and maybe even perpetuate the correct view or the view that we're, you know, that we're trying to put forward um, as opposed to, you know, abandoning ship when we, when we put ourselves in a position to where we're competing with one another. And mm. I, I don't know that I followed that stream of conscious 
consciousness very well, but yeah, you know, the point <laughs> I, is I understood. It. <laughs> yeah, I, I just you know, I, I keep coming back to you know, what would happen if Kellyanne Conway looked laterally at the power that she actually has and right. decided that she was gonna take a position to support the women that she was um, linking arms with, as opposed to, and I'm getting a little bit political, I apologize. No, but I think that she, she's in a position to be such an advocate and chooses every time to, you know, be passive to the leadership okay. that she's surrounded by. Yep. Um, and like um, we're, we're right there. It's like there are, and I, uh, well, this is my opinion, and y'all can take it or leave it, but I feel like we're, you know, when we're still being controlled by men, and I don't have any hatred towards men at all. This is coming from a space of where I see men who are really great leaders and men who aren't, men who are great at galvanizing the troops, but that doesn't necessarily make them a great leader. And I think that in some of those situations, they will put on a great farce of believing in women and putting women in powerful positions. But those women are merely a um, puppeteer for what the male voice is. They're not really using their own voice. Maybe they don't even know how to use their own voice um, because women don't really have, in our country anyway, we really don't know what real power is because we've never actually had it so or it hasn't been recognized so I, I always find that interesting where women will be paraded about by these men as being well look here look how great we are we are look at these women in power and they're just parroting the edict of their boss they're not actually expressing their own actual opinion of anything and I wonder do you even know what that opinion is have you are you yeah, just do you do you know what that opinion is have you yeah. have you explored the consequences right. of that opinion and you know I, I can't help but wonder Kristen in many of these cases what what are you getting from that person you know that that, that makes defending their position such a great thing for you. Oh, um, you know, what, what is, yes. is it, is it recognition? You know, is it being in the public eye? Is it, or is it really um, defending a position that you believe in? And if so, help me understand how, and you know, where that comes from and how you can create the justification. And again, you know, it sounds very judgmental coming out of, of my mouth, but to me, it, feels like the perpetuation of a lie. It feels yes. like the perpetuation of, of gaslighting, um, you know, in, in the perpetuation of someone simply saying something is true and sort of this group acknowledgement and nodding that says, well, you know, they said it and therefore it must be true. When the rest of us, the truth tellers are off to the side with our arms in the air going, what? Can't, can't you see that? That's not the truth. You know, the truth's over here. Why are we talking about that? <laughs> I think, too, there's this, like, attachment to power where you, you get stardust in your eyes. 
and mm-hmm. you associate yourself and this happens often in you know narcissistic relationships where you really see them as quite powerful this bombastic person and you adopt their ideology whatever it is you adopt that as your own mm-hmm. and you you've never whatever your insecurities your past trauma whatever is going on with you you've never really sensed felt a sense of true empowerment of your own. You're coming from your own identity as a human being. And so you easily latch on to someone else's kind of, in many ways, buffoonish (laughs) attempt at what is powerful, which can fool a heck of a lot of people if they're loud enough and money is involved. And so it's a, oh, it's much easier to just ride on the quote-unquote stardust of that facade of power than it is to Mm -hmm. actually dig deep and really cultivate what really is your own power, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I read a, it it does take work. And this reminds me of an article I read some time about the rise of the charismatic narcissist. And Mm -hmm. I wish that I could remember who wrote the article so that I could credit them because it's an excellent article, but it really talked about the, um, the narcissistic impact on leadership um, and particularly leadership in very, you know, high impact roles, uh, government, business, et cetera. Um, And the way that those uh, around those charismatic narcissists are influenced in, in the way that they lead. Um, and I even think about it in my own life and, um, oh my gosh, I, I hate to say this out loud, but you know, in, in the spirit of, of truth and honesty here, I allowed my ex to influence the way that I treated his ex-wife. You know, mm-hmm. I was, I was not nice to her and I was nasty toward her. And really, if I think about the fundamental core of my being, that's, that's not who I am. You know, I'm not, I'm not an unkind person. Um, and I am kind of ashamed of the way that I chose to treat her simply based on the example that was being set for me. Goodness. And I, 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 yeah. I hate that, you know. Um, I, I, I have outed myself many times on my show. I mean, I have absolutely, I'm such a great like force of thunder around righteousness and what have you, which, you know, gas lit by the wrong person was me mm-hmm. allowing myself to be puppeteered in horrible ways, which I take full responsibility for. It's not somebody yeah. else. I did those things that were right. awful behaviors. Um, you know, it doesn't matter whether I was gaslit or not. I did them, you know, I have to be accountable for them. So yeah, I, right. I went on the attack for some pretty awful um, narcissists and yeah. I did that. And yeah, so that was, was the choice at the time, right? Exactly. That was the, that was the choice at the time. So let's spread this all the way across, right? The Kellyanne Conways, the Julie Chins, the Sarah, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the Camille yep. Cosby's, you know, the women that you listed in, in the email, Mm-hmm. Um, others that we know of, those in our lives, those that are not in the paper, you know, those that right. we work with on the PTA or, you know, the, the mothers or, you know, stepmothers of the, of the 
kids that our other kids play with. It it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, we have the ability, whether we think we do or not, um, to be influenced by those around us. And, you know, I think what it comes down to is the choice of what we do with it, you know. Right. And if we do make the wrong choice, Kristen, to your point, you know, it's the it's the recognition of the fact that we made the wrong choice and giving ourselves the grace and the license to correct it. But otherwise, right. you know, on the flip side of it, it's those people who latch on to those charismatic narcissists or just the, the leaders with, you know, a tendency to um, drive decisions in what we consi- would consider to be, you know, quote unquote, the wrong way, right? Um, it, it's those flying monkeys. It's the latching <laughs> on of, of those yeah. for for power and going out and doing their bidding. And, you know, to even have considered myself a flying monkey at one point makes me cringe. Oh, but yeah, me too. absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, oh, yeah. but the how do we not have it? Right. <laughs> yeah. Mean, the admittance of it and the uh, made amends where I've remembered there are probably times I did things where I don't even remember because they were a blip to me and maybe they were devastating for someone else. And I wonder if, you know, when I'm, you know, <laughs> doing the death rattle, if I'm going to be taken to some hall of here's what you could have done better. <laughs> if right. I'm like, oh, right. I forgot about that instance where I wasn't. Yeah, our baby. personal day of reckoning. Shit. <laughs> we get in front of the judge version of ourselves. Exactly. You know, I'm really looking yeah. forward to that. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God, forgot about that one. Crap. Yeah. But, I mean, but uh, I guess the act of trying, you know, contrition to recognize at least some of it and go, oh, God, I want to be different. I really sure want to be different and what really is leadership what is leadership with wings I mean that's the thing I think about like just even beyond women who lead which listen women who lead is a huge thing especially Mm -hmm. right now okay It, it, it is but even beyond it being about gender just people who lead how on earth do we lead when I'm someone who was called to lead you were someone who was called to lead and it wasn't necessarily a choice of our own making it just happens mm-hmm. it just happened and so you can make a conscious choice to try to always be good at it or to just not not be so good at it but if it's been thrust upon you why not make a choice to try to be good at this thing called being a leader and what does that mean and what um, kind of introspection does that take and will you me you whoever take the time to learn what that actually means and to learn how to be good at it Um, Mm -hmm. because it's gosh it's so easy to fall into um, when you have that ability to motivate people, you can, you don't even realize that you have that ability. You can motivate people to do things. I mean, it's, it's a gift. And if you don't take a step back and kind of figure out what it is you're motivating them to do, boy, you're missing out on some excavation there. That's good for your soul, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, you know, figuring out how to really, uh, tap into being that 
inspirational leader. And, you know, the fact that we're, we're leaders in many, many aspects of our lives, you know, not just in an, a, a business environment as you and I might relate to, but, you know, uh, again, in our families as moms, as sisters, as, um, you know, volunteers, is folks who show up even as peer influencers in you know the the women that we find ourselves amongst in our lives right yeah i i I think that approaching leadership responsibly is important you know uh, understanding the impact that we have and uh, you know as we've mentioned in previous discussions you know being aware of what that potential ripple or wake may look like um, and in the context of what we're talking about today, you know, are we showing up and perpetuating the lie or are we showing up and, and perpetuating and setting an example of, of truth? Um, right. And I, I think that we have a very deliberate choice, you know, particularly today, <laughs> you know, particularly <laughs> after the after the uh, the events of this week. And I think of the strength that it took Professor Ford to uh, sit in front of the folks that she did this week and tell her story. And yeah. regardless of whether folks believed it or not, you know, that type of exemplary leadership, at least for me, was this. And that was, I, I don't care what any of you think. <laughs> you know, I'm here and I'm going to tell the truth, regardless of the potential impact of judgment that's out there. And by doing so, um, it's not necessarily a step forward for me, meaning, you know, Professor Ford, but it's a step forward for, you know, other women to open the door to tell their story, just like the Me Too movement, you know? Um, So I'm encouraged, actually, by this type of leadership. And that is the very front running wave of the tsunami, you know, the, mm. the very first sound ripple that we hear uh, before we hear the siren. And I really think that that's what this is. We are on the cusp of something. We're standing on the edge of the cliff. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I thought about this, too, because I, I have really close women friends and listeners who, you know, oh, well, there are a lot of women that make up these stories and they're trying to blah, blah, blah. And I think, okay, I, I, I get that you believe that agenda. And I'm asking you to stop listeners and hear what I'm saying. You listen to my show. Some of you are my personal friends and I respect that you believe that. And I also know that you love me and that you believe me. If one of my, if, if one of the young men who in eighth grade and high school um, was part of a gang rape of one of my girlfriends was applying for one of the highest positions in the land, uh, I would come forward and say, this is what happened and this is what I witnessed. I, I would do that. And I would be under the same scrutiny as Dr. Ford. And would you stand with me at that time? Or would you say that I'm making it up in order to have some sort of political agenda? Um, So I just ask you to think about that because I was witness to those kinds of things. And I had to really think, would I call his name out and say, oh, my gosh, 
this is what this person did many years ago, but look at the position they're applying for. We should at least mm -hmm. question. And I just ask for that same kind of um, maybe compassion that you would have for me as a listener, as you would have for someone like Dr. Ford. Mm -hmm. That's all. That's all. Yeah. I, I think we all know a Dr. Ford. Yeah. You know, and I think we all understand how big that event or experience was for them. Yeah. Um, and, and it happened so, to her. Yeah. Regardless of who you believe did it or not, it did actually happen to her. And, you know, I had things like that happen to me and I watched things like that happen to my friends, male and female. Okay. We're not mm -hmm. just talking. I, I actually had this happen to male friends that I saw um, one time happening to an eighth grade. And um, I would do the same thing. If, if one of those women that were his attacker were applying for this kind of a position, I would say mm -hmm. something. I really, I, I would, I would say, uh, uh, uh. I think you need to at least investigate if this behavior stopped, if they've continued, because um, I wouldn't care whether it was a male or a female. So I guess I'm just, you know, I'm asking for that kind of reflection before we just rise to um, this, these opinions that just blast somebody like a Dr. Ford as some part of an agenda. Do you think this woman mm -hmm. asked to have her life pulled out like the way it has been? I don't think so. Mm -mm. No, and I, I think whether you, you know, agree with her or not, right? Whether whether somebody believes she's making it up or not, it it doesn't matter, right? It, it right. doesn't matter at this point. And the fact is, um, if it were not brought up, we would still be in a position where, again, we're perpetuating the lie we're mm -hmm. kind of gaslighting ourselves right mm -hmm. and I think if nothing else Kristen you know whether we agree with the outcome of this week or not I think it's it's um you know irrelevant at this point it is what it is right. and right. we and we're all we're all going to find a way to to live with it and that's the fact but I think it gets us closer to a place where it's easier to tell the truth right yes and next, oh. and next time the level of scrutiny and the level of analysis and the level of discussion around the truth will be even deeper. So think about the progression that we've seen even in the last two years. Mm. You know, first first undercurrents of, of Harvey Weinstein, then hashtag me too, then the outing of, of multiple men across the system. You know, then this discussion around sexual abuse, even as teenagers, um, the next time we have the opportunity to tell the truth. My question is, what will it be? Because we are getting louder. Mm. We're getting more powerful. And our ability to lead in an honest way, I think, is more and more eminent. That, my friends who are listening, is the hallmark of a good leader, a great leader. The way that you just brought it to the 100,000-foot view. That's the kind of mindset that you need to have that's called leadership. So thank you for that. My pleasure. <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's, 
you know, what happened today and, and ultimately what can we really do with it to create effects? That's, that's the heart of the matter. Absolutely. Well, another wonderful discussion. I can't wait to, I love how these mold themselves into what they're going to be um, mm-hmm. organically. We don't plan these listeners. They just sort of culminate out of what's going on personally, professionally, what have you. So I can't wait to see what our next one. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to our series, Women Who Lead, on Mental Health News Radio. I'm passive aggressive, but never without good intentions. I heat up and act on my emotions. Thanks so much for listening to Mental Health News Radio. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and hundreds of other podcast apps. Or you can visit our website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com. If you have a question or would like to be a guest, become a podcaster on our network, or join the amazing organizations that help keep us on the air, please email us at info at mhnrnetwork.com. Get ready for that special goodbye from our resident therapy dog, Miles, and a special thanks to Emily Sohn for letting us use her incredible song, Cordial, for our podcast music. Listen to the full song on SoundCloud at emily.sonne. Don't be surprised when I don't hate on you. After all we promised, we'd be cordial. Sometimes in you, I can fight it. Good boy.